Hello everyone and welcome back to Sully's Open Conversation, the show that aims to have an unfamiliar conversation in a familiar environment. As, as always, I am your host Sully and today I'm joined here with Brett. Welcome Brett. Hello everyone, I'm Brett Garcia. So um, I've known Brett for probably around six, six seven months now. Yes. Um, and I won't spoil it, so I'll let Brett introduce himself um, uh, and let you all know about, about him. Hello, um, my name is Brett Garcia. I work, I've worked in the NHS um, as a clinical specialist and a psychotherapist. I specialise um, in neurodevelopmental conditions like autism and ADHD, and I've worked extensively with adults and children. I also am the clinical director and business owner of Oxford Minds. Um, and also the chair of Mind in Croydon, where I give some voluntary work back um, to the community. I also do some psychotherapy part-time um, with children, adults, families and couples. Absolutely amazing, Brett. Amazing. Um, so the way I like to start off each show is by asking our guest a positive experience that you have heard, seen or done recently. Walking through nature. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of gets you in that mindful. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice indeed. And uh, the most important question, of course, is um, how have you been mentally recently? Uh, so mentally recently, I've been good. About, but about a month ago, I was diagnosed with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, no. um, so that um, was quite difficult. Yeah. Uh, my body just becomes very tired over-exhausted um, and that kind of impacted on just not knowing on how to kind of manage it and yeah. feeling life would be quite different. Mm. Life is different, yeah. however, um, I'm on some special treatment um, and also just learning how to understand and manage my body but also more importantly my, my, my level of mood as well. Yeah, lovely, lovely. So it's um, you've kind of had to adjust to yes. a new to a new lifestyle really haven't you very new lifestyle where wow. I, where my mind tells me i can run like speedy gonzalez <laughs> <laughs> really go full speed ahead uh, my body just just it, it just say no it's it's for, someone described it's like ch plugging in the phone charging the phone when your power runs out and i suppose chronic fatigue can certainly impact mental health as well so yes. So yes. bit feeling very tired, you kind of don't have any energy to do any exercise and things like that. You also have brain fog. Wow. Um, you get aches and pains. Uh, you sometimes just can't manage life and it impacts quite a lot. It, probably the frustration. Yeah. Um, and also it's a hidden disability. So yes. people don't really understand. They think you look well. Mm. Some days you feel okay. And yeah. um, one or two days you just can't get out of bed. Yeah. and employees or you're running a business or home life or just your own personal social life just impacts impacts your day-to-day -day. yeah 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 wow um so this is quite an episode uh, a special episode i would say for for me and brett because um brett was actually my psychotherapist so i could arguably say brett's the person that knows me probably the best in the world <laughs> <laughs> um knows the things that he should and shouldn't <laughs> 
Um, but so, so the setting that we're in right now is actually the room that me and Brett did therapy in, um, that lasted kind of three or four months yes. and easily I can say lifted me out of kind of one of the worst places I've ever been in. So I can't thank you enough for that, especially. Um, I think one of the most important things about therapy and psychotherapy, um, it has a taboo. There is there is a certain thing in society that says that you need to, the only times that you need to have therapy are when you're kind of having issues or, or you've got mental health problems, which I think we're both here, sat here today, basically saying it, it's, it's not like that at all, no, is it? Not at all. It's no. not like that at all. Most people always um, call it mental health. Yeah. Um, I, I, would argue, I would disagree with that, I think. I call it life's challenges and difficulties. And I think anyone in life can go through something. Yeah. Um, and it's not always about being depressed. Sometimes it's just about maybe if you're frustrated or have yeah. a dilemma. And sometimes you just need to have a look at it, see what it feels like, what it looks like, and try and understand the root. Yes. All the roots. That's for very it. crucial. And everyone's going on about mental health. Mm. Our mental emotional state has been around for centuries. Yeah, it has. And we... As, as a society, there's still a stigma. Yeah. Especially with men. Yeah. Big stigma with men. Especially. I'm not, I, I suppose that comes from history in the mm. sense that certainly 100 years ago, it was men that had to provide for their families and kind of just get on with it, um, be the, kind of make the money, put the food on the table, um, and never had that opportunity to kind of really talk about what was going on inside and I suppose potentially talking about your emotions was a sign of weakness yes. back in back in the day and and I mean maybe people still think that now and that's why mental health is kind of a taboo topic still. I think talking about how you feel or perhaps recognizing how you feel can be very personal it can really be personal for not only because of religious status culture or whatever people are associated with. But I just think, just, do we know how we feel in that moment? Mm. Yeah. And that That's the important factor. And I think for men also in general, I think it's just, they, they, they you know, they're, they're seen as to want to, you know, they, they don't have emotion. Yeah. Men have emotion. Yeah. What's beautiful is when you, if you're watching a, a sporting match in a pub, say like a football match, um, and say about about twenty years ago, I was in I was in the pub, just watching a, a I won't I won't mention the team. <laughs> Could cause some conflict. <laughs> Could cause some conflict. And there was men, there was women, there was all types of people in their family. So this is not only specific about men; this this is inclusive with everyone. But we're just talking about men in, in this moment. Yeah. And um, just watching two London teams play Sunday afternoon, um, having a pint at Guinness, uh, was with a friend um, somewhere in North London, I won't make a location, <laughs> and suddenly this, just, I took a st stop, kind of took a step back, Yeah. and there was men talking when, mm -hmm. they, when they lost, the team lost, they were crying, Yeah. then everyone was hugging each other. And then after the match, people then were cheering, you know, all types of emotions. Then suddenly, it just stopped. Yeah. 
because yeah. if they become kind of self-conscious, and I don't know if people can relate to this, is it is when people become quite reserved or self-conscious. Yeah, and suddenly they you hear all types of conversations, and you think, well, why isn't this not natural? Yeah, it yeah, is yeah. natural, but it why totally. can't it be acceptable? Yeah, yeah, very interesting. It is very interesting, very interesting, and certainly amongst men, I think as well, they. They ha they kind of go on the defensive. If you, I've I've actually suggested to a couple of people and and told them you don't you don't have to have anything wrong to have therapy. No. It's it's healthy to to really understand what's gone on in your life. I'm 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 sure everyone's been through something traumatic. Everyone's had that in incident that has impacted the way that they kind of see things or or think a certain way. And to fully understand that actually allows you to then understand your emotions and your feelings towards it. Mm. Um, which what I, I was having a lot of trouble with, and that's that's obviously why I came to you. I was, I, I mean, certainly for someone who's been through depression and, and and mental illness, it's 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 kind of I I found it very difficult to to understand or or accept what was going wrong. Um, and therefore, I didn't want to seek help. I didn't. I didn't know how to seek help. So actually, the the way that I found you and got into contact with you was um, my fat. My family obviously knew something was going wrong, and I I, I knew that something was wasn't right at all. Um, we we ended up finding on psychology. I think it was Psychology Net, and 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 you were you, you, we found your profile. But my my mum had taking it upon herself to contact four or five different therapists and psychotherapists um, gave them my number and 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 saw it saw which of them got back to me and it was your yeah it was your phone call I, I, I still remember it to this day driving home from work and feeling pretty pretty rubbish about myself really really down and I got your call and I just started to explain what had happened with me and my story and I, I, I distinctly remember saying to you i i haven't been dealt a shit hand in life i don't know why i i but i just i feel this way and and the thing that resonated with me the most is the thing that you replied with was you don't you don't have to no you don't have to experience anything horrible in your life or you don't have to be dealt a shit hand this can happen to anyone at any point in their life and that's what's so crucial to understand um and that has stuck with me ever since and i and i and i repeat that on on loop to to, to everyone really because that's that's kind of where a lot of the misunderstanding comes from you have to a lot of people I, I suppose think that they they have to have something no. gone wrong in their life no. um and i'm sure you've heard a multitude of different different scenarios and stories from from your work mm. and it can range from it just onsets it's it, it can range from children, parents saying, I have to buy my children everything, and children just saying to me, but I just want time. I want love, care, support. You, you don't have to eat, you know, people make judgments, don't they? People make assumptions. Yeah. Um, probably unintentionally or intentionally, or lack of awareness or psychoeducation, mm -hmm. or lack of experience. Yeah. It might not be their intention, but people will, will judge. And I think sometimes part of human nature is to judge if we don't understand. Yeah, yeah. But you don't have to have a hardship life. Mm -hmm. 
it, you know, demographics, socio-economical groups, it can happen to anyone. Yeah. Around the world. Yeah. And it's how we feel in that moment. Sometimes we don't know how we feel. Mm. And if talking therapy is effective in that in in that moment, so meeting supporting understand needs, then that's powerful. Yeah. But people also have to be ready. People they also, do. in yeah. my opinion, I'm sure people may diff, may have a different opinion, but as as ready as you can be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes different types of therapy is not for 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 certain people. Talking therapy, there could be other things. But I think the main message here is to have a space. Yeah. To have a space to think, to reflect, to try and understand what that is. What's going on? Why do I feel like this? Why do I get tension here? Why do I just feel unmotivated? And it could be something quite simple, but to the outside world it could be simple, but to that individual. To be very complex. Very complex. Yeah. And that can have such an aftermath of so many different factors. Yeah. That yeah. people perhaps don't understand. Another thing, George, is when, when after a period or an episode, when people have had a, an episode or something, mm-hmm. two months later, people say, oh, you're okay. And sometimes we're never okay. Sometimes we're yeah. just managing through. Yeah. That could be through bereavement. Yeah. Loss of you know it could be anything. Mm-hmm. People say, "Oh, you get over it. Don't worry." <laughs> and that you know it might not be meant. I hear that all the time. Yeah, it really yeah. frustrates me. It's, I think it's a very interesting concept. Certainly, the language that is used yeah. surrounding mental illness and mental health, and it's one of the biggest ones that kind of resonates with me. And I've read a bit into it and and kind of formed my own opinion. And obviously, people have their own opinions. The term, the term committed suicide to me, I think is very harsh and shouldn't really, I think it's far more compassionate to say that they took their own life or they died by suicide because mm. sounding like committing, committing suicide, you commit crimes in that sense and suicide, is not suicide the only crime surrounding suicide is the fact that someone felt so low and so yeah. lost and so kind of not knowing what to do with themselves inside their own head, that that was their only only way out. Mm. That's 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 really why I think some of the language has to has to change. And and saying like you get over it, it's not it's not something. It's not an injury that just passes. This is something that can span your entire lifetime. Suicide rate is high, very very high. I think in certain areas, it's five. You know, in our local areas, five a week up to one really? to five. Yeah, could be one to five every week. One to That's five men, a week. I think so. Um, I deal with people in the NHS. That's you know, I just try to take my life, and people are angry with me. Um, people say, "Oh, why don't you get on with it? Why don't you do this?" And I've never doubted suicide. I think suicides. I don't. Un- I I don't think. Do we as a society understand suicide? And I don't think so. No. Because I think there's many causes for many things. What's harder is when people attempt to suicide and then live. Mm. And that happens quite a lot. When people have committed suicide, yes, families are left devastated. Of course they are. And there might be a whole heap of emotions. People blame the NHS, people blame the GP, people blame all different types of things. Yes, lots of things need to be improved. But my main question is, does society understand 
what they identify as so, stigma, mental health, and suicide. Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I would. I'm still trying to find that out. And I meet lots of people. I've spoken about mental health, um, and it's hard, and it does rub people up the wrong way. Evokes yeah. different emotion, but we talk about productivity. We talk about retention of of people. We talk about different environmental factors. You know, we have to be a certain way. Um, and yet the expectations demand what society perhaps places on us as individuals. Yeah. Builds that pressure. Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes it can be like a vicious circle. Yeah, 100%. Um, one of the questions actually, so you don't have to go through kind of all the different types of therapies no. and things no. like that. But um, if you could give the viewers just kind of a general... What what therapy entails? What it's there to do? What it what it kind of what its aims are really? I know there's a there's a I know there's a lot of different types of therapy out there, but say like CBT, so cognitive behavioural therapy, is a talking. So cognitive behaviour. So there so there's a whole combination of therapy, um, and I'm sure there's any others therapists watching will probably <laughs> pick up on the yeah, probably yeah. do a much better job than what I, that I can do. <laughs> Um, so there's cognitive behaviour therapy, there's um, person-centred approach, then there's what we call the integrative therapy, um, humani humanitarianism therapy, uh, there's gestalt, transaction analysis, um, psychodynamic, psychoanalytical. So there's a whole cluster of yeah. different, different types of therapy. Um, and there's also art, so you've got your more... There's more creative therapy right. as well, which is very, very powerful, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, there's art, there's music, there's drama, um, there's even types of animal types of therapy. So you have, so it's, it's, a, it's a minefield. Yeah, so you have a... all these different types of approaches, yeah. what they call methodologies. So it's a different type of approach to understanding something specific that may or may not be happening or appears to happen in, in that moment with that person. Mm -hmm. So... Lots of people think cognitive behaviour therapy, yes, that can be quite good. Someone dealing with anxiety or depression, yeah. it's a bit of self-esteem. There might be something focused to, to kind of kind of reevaluate re or review the mind and, and, and kind of kind of short term see how things are. Yeah. There's also deep there's also longer term therapy. So yeah. there's something called EMDR, um, which is based on trauma, and there's some other right. trauma therapy. So there's different approaches for different lengths of time. So, for example, if we've got so someone's kind of dealing with low mood, anxiety, self-esteem or confidence issues, a short-term approach perhaps in that moment may be effective. Right. Um, and depending on... The most important part is when the client or the patient connects with the therapist. Yes. So that, that's crucial. That is crucial. And that, that yeah, I'd crucial. like to highlight that as well. Yeah. With therapy... It's 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 you're the, you're going there for yourself. It's, yes. So if you do not have a relationship, the likelihood is that you're not going to open up everything that is going on. So it's one hundred percent crucial, and it's not it's not rude or anything to say that there no. isn't a connection, no, but it is of prime importance that you do have that relationship with your therapist. The relationship is paramount. Yeah. It's imperative. Also, and that's nothing to do with the therapist at all. And it might be the type of therapy that they're doing that the person isn't perhaps responding well, and the therapist should not take that 
um, personally, yeah. nor should the client. It, it's just if there's a, the connection, as much as it can, has to be natural, organic, yeah. and, and feels right. Yeah. For medium and longer term, depending on the severity and the complication mm-hmm. of what's of what's going on within the person's um, situation, then more longer, more in depth therapy, more right. analysis um, should should be then taken. Uh, therapy should also be reviewed. Um, therapy shouldn't always always be about um, sadness. Sometimes it, yeah. it it can also be what what we call a light bulb moment when something makes sense. Yeah. Um, you can set homework. It could be fun, mm-hmm. but also more importantly, that is support, understanding, support, and meeting those those needs. Yeah. So, and therapy shouldn't be too long term. And I'm sure people would disagree with me. There. Yeah. I, yeah. In my opinion, I think I think sometimes if you do it, say for six months, take a break. You've right. got to process. Yeah. Reflect. And there's a lot to take in, isn't there? There's a lot to take in. Sometimes weekly therapy might be good for the moment and then fortnightly, monthly. So depending on, on the context, if it's through private practice or employment-based mm-hmm. or if it's done through the NHS, sometimes there's group therapy. Yeah. So there, there's there's lots out there. There's a magnitude, there. isn't there? Magnitude <laughs> of, of every different things. Um, but also sometimes it to get to therapy... I think, in my, for my opinion, mm-hmm. is is the hardest. Yes. Will I be that. judged? Yeah. Is the person first of all is, is the person qualified? Mm-hmm. Do they belong to a professional body? Is there a contract? Yeah. What happens with my is when I have confidentiality mm-hmm. um, or the ethical codes and practices yeah. of a professional body that supports, so like the British Social Council in psychotherapy. UKCP and the the psychology one and there's different other ones. Sorry, it's gone. For yeah, no, 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 no. Um, there also needs to be a professional governing body. Um, all therapists need to have um, supervision. Yeah, because that they have to work towards that they are meeting clients' needs. Mm-hmm. Um, a theme is given, but also that it's ethical, it's appropriate, and that you're supporting. And meeting clients, but also the therapist needs to be supportive. Yeah, because of course. they are coming. You know, people coming to see them. Say, if it's in private practice, yeah, can you be equipped? And if you're not equipped, then you need to refer on. But therapy, I think, has changed. Right. Um, I think it's got more, more, more acceptable. Yeah. Um, I still wonder when when I hear well when you know in. In, I won't mention them, but in other settings, um, <laughs> when 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 I hear, oh well, this situation can be can be fixed in six sessions. <laughs> I will leave that up to the public, yeah. whatever they view about that. But uh, not everything can be done. Not everything's a quick fix. Nothing's a quick fix. No, not at all. And certainly, you say there is. I, I, I can certainly understand that. I feel as though when when our sessions were kind of coming to an end, I I certainly felt in myself more self-reliant, definitely, and I was coming to you and having far less problems, I suppose. There was, mm. there was less for me to get off my chest and try and understand, which was the beauty of, of the three, four months of having therapy with you, was that over that time, I mean, hell, the first kind of, three four weeks maybe maybe first well m- month and a bit is uncomfortable. uncomfortable it's really uncomfortable because you are you're searching within yourself you're really figuring out who you are you're exposed yeah 
Yeah, massively, massively. And no, it's uncomfortable for people. Yeah, very uncomfortable. Yeah, and it and it causes shifts in your perspective and opinion. Um, and it's it's made me a far more resilient and understanding person. One hundred percent. It's um, it changed my life. Well, yeah, as kind of a generic generic saying as you can, but it it, it totally did. I I transitioned from. I mean, you were the first person to really voice their concern for my kind of my well-being, um, and that prompted me to then actually say there is something really wrong. And then was went into hospital, and then once I was out, out I came back to you. Um, I'd been put on medication, but obviously, medication is a quick fix. I I feel is it's a coping, it's a coping thing. Whereas therapy actually is the essential, deep-rooted kind of understanding the cause medication can be effective yeah if yeah. it's reviewed yeah um sometimes therapy can also be effective sometimes a combination of both, both can yeah. be really powerful yeah i think it just depends on the person and um, there's also other supporting mechanisms that can also be beneficial it mm-hmm. just depends i think individual by individual yeah yeah 100 it's, yeah. it's 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 pers- it's personal preference 100 yes. percent um, and that's just like mental health, really. There's no kind of like one, one exactly the same case. Everyone has their own, their own kind of experiences mm. and and what they're going through. So you can't generalize. You can't generalize an illness because someone someone might have OCD and that might cause depression. Someone might have anxiety and that might cause kind of OCD uh, onsets OCD. So it's. It, it, it's very particular to the person, and that's what's very important as well. Is that you find something that works, works. For Most you. important, George. I absolutely agree. You find something that works for you. Yeah. Sometimes sports can also be good. I'm so yeah. pleased now that people from the sporting world, music industry, um, people of difference, and that could be that could be interpreted as as anything. Yeah. Um, older people. A lot mm-hmm. of people forget about older people. Yeah. Older people are are very isolated, yeah. very isolated. People with all different types of hidden disability um, and people who just don't feel right in society. Um, and there's so many people, you know, I, I was working with people of transgender, um, people with disability, autism, just people who say, well, I don't fit into the norm. And I, and I think, we're all connected. What is the norm? <laughs> what is what the norm? Is the norm? I, I think we're just trying to get through. We, you know, then everyone said, "Oh well, now COVID is finished. We, you know, we're we're fine now." Yeah. People work in all these professional industries. You know, how did they feel? The yeah. police, the people in the NHS, supermarkets. People always forget about people in supermarkets. <laughs> people doing carers. Um, yeah. People who are or family carers. Mm-hmm. They're unforgotten. So. All this strain upon our mental and emotional state, you know, people just, I, I just, what was so beautiful about the time in COVID yeah. is that people every Thursday used to come out, well, in this area, used to come out and clap. Clap, yeah. And suddenly, when people didn't talk to people, or your neighbour just wouldn't look at you, yeah, for yeah, whatever yeah. reason, came across and gre- said hello. Yeah. That blew me away, because I would always say hello to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was almost like a, a, a kind of community unity. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And people, you know, people were, it was less polluted, less noisy, and people seemed to have a bit more time. Yeah. 
Yeah. We're now two years on. Do you think it's shifted back into when you... Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it seems to... Everyone's slipped back into their old lives see, again. It, it appears that way yeah. in many factors for me. And I... It's like, well, then, you know, there's still so much that this two years has had on everyone. Yeah. And we are still seeing the aftermath. And I think we will see for a long time. COVID has gone away. But that's just one part. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, they say get out in nature, do this, do that. But... Do people really understand what's going on? Yeah. There's lots of people who talk about it. Yeah. But do you understand it? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It's that, one thing. That, that, that's my question. Yeah. And that's a very good question because I, I, I certainly agree in that sense that it's all well and good talking about it. I, you could say the mental health in kind of the corporate world, you can talk about it, but do you understand it? Do you really, really kind of realize the impacts that it can have on an individual in a corporate sense their workload uh their feeling at work their their motivation it can it can affect a whole host of things um and until we can fully understand as a society what it is and what it means to have a mental illness or or mental health problems Mm. it's it it's still not there if I if I mention Prince Harry, so he's had people claim that he's had a real privileged life. To say, for example, yeah, that could be interpreted in any type of yeah. setting. Regardless of who he is, his mother died, mm-hmm. but yet he 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 has to be shown to be regardless if people like him or not. Yeah, but if we think of a loss. That he's lost someone, yeah. and then through whatever, and he went he went for psychotherapy. Yeah, it's it, and he went for psychotherapy. I think the psychotherapy. And I might be wrong here for three. I think for quite some time. Yeah, well, it's incredibly traumatic, isn't it? It's, it's, have a, to be exposed, and for him, and now he talks in about the public eye yeah. as well. And anyone in the public eye, yeah, you know, they they do have feelings. Yeah, but people think, well, that they're, they're fine. They they. It's it, it's like certain figures or certain celebrities or, or certain people that we see every day, say on the tube. Yeah, you know, you might be travelling. I remember travelling on the tube a long time ago when I worked in one of the hospitals. And this past Canary Wharf, everyone used to sit there like <laughs> that, and these people look so stressed. They, you know, one could assume they had a really good life. Yeah, make an assumption. Yeah. They were like robots. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned about the corporate world. I mean, I wonder what's going on in their life. How do they feel? Are they allowed to talk? Are they allowed oh, yeah, just yeah. to express an opinion yeah. about how they feel? Mm-hmm. Or is, it, is that then sort of sign of weakness? It's that. It's that. I think there's certainly a separation still between their personal personal lives and their professional relationship at work. Um You'd like to so you call them colleagues because you're kind of you're friends with them in work and you might go for a drink with them after work and things like that. But you may not see them on the weekends. They may not be kind of like in your friendship group, I suppose. So if that if that element of personal relationship isn't there, I feel like people are less likely to open up in a professional setting about their personal personal lives. Um, 
and I think I don't know some people some people don't want to talk about it some people some people actually don't want to but I just wonder whether they don't want to because they've never learned how to or why it's important to um yeah, not necessarily that they just don't want to talk about it I think I think that as well and I think sometimes people just don't know how to yeah. talk they, it, it's here and it's up here mm-hmm. but to vocalize it to elaborate to, to, to give that expression it's it, it almost was like a barrier I th- I, the barrier is, is I, I remember in my training we always talked about the invisible barrier yeah so you you know before my training I thought I was okay <laughs> and when I went to therapy if you want me to just highlight on that for the moment I, I walked in and you know I was doing I was doing okay I was doing quite well mm-hmm. but as soon as I but could I I couldn't always express how I felt right well that might surprise you as a therapist yeah 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 um, I too had difficulty in perhaps expressing how I felt or understanding and what I learned in therapy because we have to have therapy for our training it's a long time. Um, my therapist looked at me and said, um, she said very interesting, she's a lovely lady. Um, I won't mention her name, but yeah. she's watching. I, she changed, changed my life. And also my clinical supervisor as well. Um, very, very supportive. And they said, where's your humanity? Where's the human touch? Is it's okay to feel whatever you feel because mm-hmm. that's how you feel. Yeah, it might be trivial to someone else. Yeah, you're not you're not no drama. You're not, you're not over dramatizing, but that's how you feel. So release it. Connect with what what's in spiritually, holistically, organically. Mm-hmm. And this might sound wishy washy. It might sound whatever. Amazing. No, I fully understand. But that's what I was taught. Yeah, and I was taught from two very humble spiritual very natural um beautiful souls amazing um and they you know they they changed my life yeah they enabled me to and and then suddenly portraying them through years it's really lovely and then three years later i i finished therapy and um i lost my therapist i said well you know I thought I'd had this much problems. I had a whole house full. <laughs> and it's like, I call it spring cleaning. Yeah, yeah, it is. It that's, is. that's what I was told. Dusting it's spring the cleaning their minds, being out the cobwebs. It really is. Do sometimes we have to look at those cobwebs? I don't know. It depends on, on, on the, the, the situation. Yeah. But, but it's about connecting, mm-hmm. connecting in who you are. Mm-hmm. I feel a, it, it, it is now, since therapy and going through everything that I've gone through, I value and can't I, I value the personal deeper connection about talking about feelings and how people are doing i it it it, it doesn't anger me but I, I say i kind of switch off when it gets to that really kind of artificial chat where it's just kind of there's no substance to it there's no there's no there's no real kind of like understanding or meaning to it yeah. um but actually, when you get that deeper level of personal connection that's emotional, it, it just it just it feels so natural and human. It feels it feels like that is exactly what we should be doing. Many cultures around the world talk. Yeah, yeah. As human beings, as a species, we are connected. Yeah, um, we have to go back to what our instincts tell us. Yeah, 
Um, it's okay to be by yourself. Mm-hmm. It's okay to do many things by yourself, but you need some type of interaction or engagement with someone. Yeah. Something that you feel comfortable. On a, you don't always have to share what you've been through. I'm not. I'm not portraying that, mm-hmm. but I think talking about many things also helps. Yeah. But we are just cut off. Yeah. It's, it's almost feels robotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you say hello to someone or just smile at someone, hopefully it's interpreted in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what sometimes, sometimes that makes you know sometimes people just come and smile at me for whatever reason I don't know what their intentions are but I just smile back yeah yeah however simplistic or you know I can understand there's vulnerability but I think just being with oneself and knowing oneself being connected with our environment yeah. is so powerful I think certainly when you say smiling and saying hello the, the common thing that I've seen is how are you has become such a generalized phrase, such a an instinct to ask someone. There is just like an automatic response, good thanks, how are you? And see, I, I don't say that. I yeah. say, no, I'm not good. And, and see, sometimes they don't respond. They don't respond. They just smile and say, oh, that's good. <laughs> but I'm saying, no, it's an I'm automatic not good. response, isn't it? And can it's we not be good? That's robotic, isn't yeah, it? That's the robotic. robotic sense. And some people are, are quite complacent, unintentionally, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. But it's like you can't, but then they're inquiring about you. But mm-hmm. then if you're in, depending on a certain social setting or situation, yeah. if you say, well, I'm not good, then a lot of people sometimes don't know how to respond to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't blame them. Yeah. But it's like, I have to be good. I have to be good all the time. Sometimes I don't at all. It's, it's just not realistic, yeah. and it's not realistic. I don't feel good every day. Yeah, I sometimes wake up and I just want to put the duvet over my head. Mm-hmm. But I'm a human being. I might have the understanding, to try to understand why I, I might feel this way. But sometimes it's just how you feel. Yeah. And sometimes you don't know how you feel. Precisely. Precisely. <laughs> it can get rather confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brett, it's been a wonderful chat. Um, thank you very much. And I'm sure there will be a whole host of viewers and listeners that are going to find this very, very... Um... First time it's been done, I think. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen it before. But thank you most of all, George. Um, you're outstanding, amazing. Um, and this has also helped me to understand even deeper with people. Um, but thank you. Thank you. Well. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so the last thing that I like to do to finish the show is um, is there one particular uh, mindful technique or thing that you kind of use to keep grounding that the viewers and listeners um, could try themselves? So mindfulness has been around a long time. Uh, it's been around for a couple of, th- I, well, I don't know, a couple of thousand years or probably, yeah. I, I don't know the complexities of it. Um, and everyone said you have to do deep breathing. There's lots of different things which are brilliant. What I do, I walk with nature. Brilliant. I walk with nature. I walk in a in an open, sometimes a wooded area, or maybe early morning, or or just where it feels safe and comfortable. Less people, the better. Yeah. And I connect with the environment, mm-hmm. the surroundings. I want to hear the the. The wind rushing through the trees, yeah. birds, uh, looks the smells. Yeah. To me, that's my mindfulness. That helps me. If and when you can find something that works for you, yeah. And if you don't feel the person that you don't feel like you want to talk or do all of these other things, 
if you can get, if if it, time time allows, to be in that moment where it works for you. So that's my mindfulness. I feel so much better. And I've got a little dog called Rio. Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and um, we, him, him and I go off for a walk. And I just think. Yeah. And I just feel, I feel alive. I feel peace, at peace, calm. It's free. It's brilliant. Uh, and that works for me but you have to find what works for you but that of course that's my mindfulness amazing thank Thank you you very much Brett thank you Um, I can't thank you enough yeah it's been a pleasure Pleasure. Um, thank you everyone for uh, watching and listening and uh, we'll see you next time on Sully's Open Conversation goodbye goodbye